0: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we hear stories of adventure from every corner of the planet. We interview all sorts of folks who are using their sport to explore the world around them and give you the inspiration you need to get out there and have some fun. Holy cow, can you believe it? Episode 600. Well, first of all, welcome back. We had about a two-week break, and uh, much needed, much needed. I-, I love this show, don't get me wrong, but it- it- the very, but right before the holidays, things were getting very crazy here at this house, so it was great to take a break, and I'm super excited to get into 2020 and some of the episodes that we're going to have for all the listeners. And also, thank you for listening in. I know that... Uh, There's a lot of shows out there now that you could be listening to, so I appreciate you taking time to listen to this one. Welcome to episode 600. Holy cow. How have we made it this far? I feel like sometimes I can't even, you know, send an email correctly, so how I've been able to put up, you know, nearly 200 episodes myself uh, is pretty remarkable, (laughs) And if you don't know, I am not the original host of the Adventure Sports Podcast. A guy named Kurt and, well, actually two guys, two guys, one named Kurt, one named Travis used to host the show, and they got it up to about episode 400, really built the foundation of this show, really built the following, and uh, just through a lot of um, just being opportunistic, being flexible, that we transitioned the show of October in October of 2018, and I have been the host ever since. By the way, my name's Mason, if you're just listening in for some reason on episode 600. And uh, every 100 episodes, it seemed like Kurt and Travis would always do like a little update, a little reflection on the state of the show. And so I wanted to do that today. And uh, they also kind of would interview each other. So I was going to have actually have Emily, my wife, interview me. But, uh, you know, keeping in line with, with an adventure, our eight-month-old Leon wouldn't really... I don't know. He was really awake today. He went and take a nap. So he's, he's really fussy. So she decided to just take him for a drive. We're kind of running out of time to do an interview. So uh, she said, here's the questions I was going to ask you. Let me go take him for a drive and you do the interview. And I thought, Hey, you know, this is adventure. This is what adventure is all about. Let's be flexible. Let's, let's make it happen. I apologize if you hear my dogs in the background They're uh, they they want to go out a little early, but it's at least two hours before they get dinner. So they're, they're being a little overdramatic, in my opinion. They'll be fine. Um, but anyway, thanks again for listening in. Happy New Year. Holy cow, 2020, episode 600. Man, there's a lot of things to celebrate right now. But anyway, here are the questions that Emily was going to ask me uh, to kind of Kind of give you update on the show and give you a little bit more info about myself and my story and what the last, really, last 10 years have been like. So Emily's first question was, what were you doing adventure-wise 10 years ago? That's a really good question because it was a it was honestly 2010 is when all this adventure stuff started for me. If you don't know, I'm turning 30 this year, so the 2010s were pretty much my entire 20s. And you know, for anyone out there who's who's gone through their 20s, that's an incredibly influential decade for anyone's life. You really find out a lot about who you are. You really come into your own. I started out 19 years old in 2010, turned. 20 in 2010 and so um gosh i knew nothing then still don't know anything but uh 10 years ago i think i went to africa with um some friends from college we went on a a missions trip over there and uh to to work on this orphanage and you know there's a lot of uh conflicting opinions about short-term missions trips or short-term humanitarian trips and that really the impact they make and i have no idea how impactful our work over in uganda was is where we went we went to africa um specifically the country of uganda and specifically the capital kampala I, i have no idea the impact of the work we did over there all i know is that when i left my life was completely different i had Grown up in a small town in Florida of about 3,000 people, pretty backwoodsy, pretty quaint. Um, not a lot goes on there. And uh, beautiful little town. I don't mean to just, you know, it's a wonderful place. I love visiting. But a very small little town and um, didn't have a huge worldview, didn't have a ton of experiences outside of that culture, I guess you could say. Been on a few vacations that that took us out of the state and other parts of the the, the country. Um, but nothing major. And so that trip was really the first time that I saw another culture and boy, just blew me away how, um, and we had a lot of layovers on that trip, which was interesting. One in, um, uh, one in the middle East, one in Ethiopia, and then one in the UK. So I got to see a lot of places, uh, on one trip and I was hooked, man. It just opened my eyes to the way that you know people can live in so many different ways, and um, it made me want to see more. It made me want to do more with my life. It made me want to be more intentional with seeing things, having experiences that were out of the box, and, and doing things just differently. It really set a course to say, I, I want to live totally differently than pretty much any example I had ever seen up to that point. So I started seeking out people who were doing that and, you know, podcasts weren't really a thing. They were, but not real popular back then, but man, I would have, if I would have found a podcast like this, then there's no telling what I would have (laughs) done. But, uh, even without podcasts, I was able to squeeze out some pretty serious, uh, adventures in the last 10 years. So Emily's second question, what did you think you'd be doing in 10 years? before that trip to africa i would say, i have a story it's a pretty funny story actually if you don't know my wife and i actually dated in high school back when i was 15 and she was 16 yeah she's a little older than me and uh i don't let her forget it <laughs> i'm just playing but um I was fifteen, she was sixteen. She broke up with me after like two weeks of dating a year later, I'm sixteen. she's seventeen. We dated again, and it was you know much more serious um but she was heading off to college. She graduated at seventeen and was was headed off to a college about five six hours away and um right before she left, we went on a hike out to a park near our near our town and She was trying to let me off easy, break up with me, and I was so not ready for that. (laughs) I had another year of high school left, and I just thought, you know, we can make it work. We can, you know, we're in love or whatever. You know, I I was, you know, it it was not that serious. But she was trying to let me off easy, and she goes, you know what, Mason, I just want to have experiences. I want to go do things, Um, and, and I don't think you're in a position to do that. In our little town of three thousand people is called Frostproof that we both that we were both going to high school in, and that's where I'm from. She lived in the next town over, and I said, "Why in the world would you ever want to leave Frostproof?" <laughs> that was a little over ten years ago, and she just looked at me and thought, you're, "You're hopeless," and she broke up with me that day, and I was completely distraught, as an emotional sixteen-year-old uh, boy would be. But um, needless to say, she moved on. I moved on. Had another year of high school, and ended up dating you know some other people. But um, within two years, I had I was going on that experience to Uganda, and it's hard to even fathom that I had that same mindset. I had that mindset of how could you ever leave this town? To now, I just. It's just so far away now. It's so unbelievable. So ten years ago, I couldn't even have. I didn't have the capacity to predict the, my the, what I thought now and how I viewed the world. And um, it's just funny. But anyway, you know, seven years after that experience, Emily, Emily and I uh, just kind of happened to cross paths again, and within six months we got married, and that's an entire adventure in itself. But uh, that was almost, no, it was six years ago now, nearly six years ago now. And so, gosh, you know, sorry, I'm I'm doing a lot of reflection today. So if there's a lot of pauses and you hear me say, gosh, and holy cow over and over, I apologize. Um, But going back to Emily's questions, what did you think you'd be doing in 10 years? I thought I'd be living in our hometown, just, you know, maybe working with my dad, doing stuff like that. But Obviously, that has not been the case, and a lot of you don't really know a ton of my personal story, but um, you know, for the last 10 years, have pretty much been one big adventure, and uh, it's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows and a lot of plans that have been just totally changed. Um, things, opportunities come out of thin airs, opportunities dry up in a heartbeat. It's, it's been a lot of life in the last 10 years. Uh, nothing compared to what some people go through, of course, but, um, I'm very proud of the last 10 years and what I've been able to accomplish and what my wife and I have been able to do and what we've been able to get through. And, uh, definitely hasn't been easy at times, but shoot, you know, you talk to anybody, nobody's life's easy. Emily's third question, which is better for accomplishing goals? Big picture Backwards planning, begin with the end in mind, or one step at a time, bite-sized chunks? Um, Here, let me make sure I know what she's saying. Which is better for accomplishing all big, you know, basically thinking in big picture and working backwards or taking one step at a time? I'll have to say I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, when it comes to any adventure, anyone you, I mean, we've heard it so many times on this show, people doing through hikes, people doing these multi-month long adventures. You know, you can't think about you can think about the end goal every day, but you it doesn't take away from the fact of what you've got to accomplish that day. So I, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, I focus on the goal of today. Like by the time I go to sleep tonight, I have got to make it to this lake or to this GPS coordinate or, you know, whatever it is. And I hear other people say, all I do all day is envision how sweet the finish line is going to be of this adventure, how wonderful it's going to be to put my arms around my loved ones when I cross that finish line and say, I did it. And so I definitely think it's a balance between big picture and small bite-sized chunks. Personally, the way I live, I'll be honest, I don't plan that far ahead in life. I I don't have a five-year plan. Um, I have things that I want kind of in place in the next five to 10 years, but I don't work backwards to the point that it controls my daily life um, because I just know from from living the last, really my adulthood so far, God, things just come up out of nowhere to ruin your entire plans in a good and bad way. I had no intentions of getting married. The first conversation I ever had with Emily on the phone, I told her, I don't want to ever get married. Six months to that day, I was standing in Las Vegas with her in the court in the courthouse saying I do in in a in a t-shirt and jeans and she's in a you know shorts and a t-shirt and we run off to some Thai restaurant in a plaza and hit the Vegas strip for the night. Like that I mean, there's just <laughs> that was six months after saying I never wanted to be married. So so with experiences like that, I've learned that you really can't plan too far ahead with any certainty. You can put certain things in place. Absolutely. And we do that. And I do that. I, you know, I, I, I I want things in place, um, whether that is financially, whether that's, you know, where we physically live, um, things for my family preparing as, you know, parents and, and, you know, family members get older. I want things in place to make that transition more, um, doable, but, uh, you know, you can't take away from the fact that just a moment, a moment can change everything. And, uh, keeping that balance I think is very important. I, I do tend to lean towards the day-to-day stuff. Like I, I don't really have a whole lot I'm excited about in the future that's beyond the next adventure or the next trip we're doing. Uh, I kind of just look forward to the, the very, the very near things. And uh, I don't know. That's just kind of the way I do it. <laughs> All right. So Emily's next question. What adventure-related roses, thorns do you have? What adventure-related roses slash thorns do you have? Wow. That's a good question. The first thing that comes to mind is um, I, I, I've... I probably whined about this a number of times on the show and I apologize. I, I, I'm not a super like super tough person. Like, eh, I'm, I'm kinda tough, I guess, but I'm, I'm pretty also pretty emotional. And uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm man enough to admit it. Um, I don't know. I, I I get pretty wrapped up in emotional uh the emotions of things. So I, I tend to probably complain a little bit. And so I apologize for that. But, uh, one thing that has really been a rose and a thorn for me is, is my knees. And I know I've mentioned that before. I, I have pretty bad arthritis in my knees for, for someone that's not even 30. Um, it has been a weird couple years dealing with that. And I probably haven't been as proactive as I should be, but, uh, a lot of it is due to the pounding that my knees have taken in the last 10 years. I I played a year of college basketball. I was red shirt, nothing serious, but I did train a lot, did jump a lot. And then when I biked, of course, you know, I pedaled probably 30,000 miles um, on six cross country bike tours. And that's a lot of wear and tear on your knees. Not as bad as running, not, not, not the pounding of the joints, but still it's a, it's a lot of activity on the knees. Um, Genetically, I have pretty weak cartilage. Uh, my grandmother has really bad knees. My dad has terrible knees, and I just never—I just thought I was pretty invincible until about two years ago when I had a basketball injury and a, a kind of a mountain biking injury, all kind of at the same time. And um, the knees have been pretty bad ever since. And so, nothing extreme, but. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to get better from here without surgery or something. However, that is definitely a thorn. Um, the reason they're in the condition they are is because I've had some of the best experiences in my life, if that makes sense. Uh, the, the miles I've pedaled, the trails that I've ran, the mountains I've climbed, um, the adventures I've had that have you know, essentially beat my body down have been the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. And I, I really wouldn't trade it, you know. If you could say Mason, you know, if you could take away the experiences you've had to have a healthier body, I would say, well, what's the point? You know, I've used this body to really develop a person that I'm very proud of. You know, myself. I I, I am kind of hard on myself sometimes, but I, I do I do love reflecting. I do love scrolling through pictures or, or flipping through you know stories of of things I've experienced with my friends and. I'll be honest, I wouldn't have it any other way. So that that's the biggest thorn slash rose that sticks out to me. Um, another is the way I make decisions. Um, gosh, this feels so conceited just to talk about myself like this. Um, but, you know, you let me be honest. I kind of ran out of some interviews, and with the holidays and everything, things just got really busy, so this is just what we're doing. <laughs> so I apologize if you don't enjoy this, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is adventure, baby. Um, another rose thorn that comes to mind is like I said, the way I make decisions. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty rash. Is that the right word? Rash with my decision-making. I tend to just say, you know, screw it. Just, let's just do it. Whatever. Like, let's just go for it. You know, when we got married, I just kind of thought about it and said, Emily, let's get married. And we were near Vegas and went to Vegas and literally got married that day. Um, pretty crazy looking back, and I wouldn't recommend making decisions like that because a lot of challenges happened because of the way I make decisions. And over the last ten years, I've definitely it's de- I think that 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 quick rash decision making has definitely peaked, but there's uh, and it's going back down. It's kind of like leveling off, but some of the best things I've ever experienced have become because I've just said yes instantly without really thinking it through. And also some serious problems have happened because of that. And, uh, it's definitely a love hate relationship with that the way I make decisions, but it's also as I learn and as I, um, have experience with it, I, I become better at picking and choosing when, when that's appropriate and when that makes sense, you know, Honestly, you know, I'll be honest, I really didn't want to have kids for the longest time. And, and I realized that that was going to really put a, a wedge between my, my wife and I, cause she definitely wants kids. And I got to the point where I said, you know what, forget it. I know that I'm going to love whatever kid. I know that I'm going to love this child. Um, it's going to make my wife extremely happy. It might not be the thing I want right now, but I know that I'm pretty flexible and I know that, uh, you know. I can kind of roll with it and oh my gosh you know I saw that kid for the first time and every day my love for him grows and grows and grows so it it, it, there is a it is a blessing and a curse Um, but I think it absolutely leans towards blessing because it has led to so many awesome things I've got a lot of pictures around my desk right now that I have on display of you know framed printed beautiful pictures from adventures we've done and Man, I wouldn't have it any other way. There's a lot of pain that's wrapped up in some of those pictures, you know, with the circumstances that surrounded them. But I'm looking at them and think, yeah, there's no other way to do it. Oh, I love it. Anyway, let's keep moving on. Emily's next question. How do you think the adventure industry is going to change in the next decade? Oh, okay. So mo- moving away from uh, moving away from the deeper things into um, – Business, business questions. (laughs) So if you don't know, I uh, was in the backpacking industry for a while. Obviously, this show is part of the, quote, adventure industry. Um, And I'd go to Outdoor Retailer every year, which is kind of a giant gathering of the outdoor industry. You know, I really don't know. How do you think the adventure industry is going to change in the next decade? Wow. Well, I know that social media has definitely changed things. You know, people feel... Myself included, feel obligated to post their stories, or they get a certain amount of satisfaction from from posting um, things about adventures or places they've been, or things you're doing. And I, I'll be honest, that kind of peaked for me too a few years ago. Now I kind of just don't care. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go backpacking. I might, I'll share a picture, maybe. That's it. You know, even then, I I probably won't. Well, I might not share a picture and. I don't really care at this point because, you know, the amount of people that see it, it doesn't really affect them. You know what I mean? They might see it for a split second, but it doesn't mean they're, you know, taking the time to really understand what I did. Just like I'm not scrolling through people's Instagrams or Facebook pages or Twitter feeds and really thinking about the adventures they're going on, even though they're posting about them constantly. Um, Social media has definitely not been super inspirational to me lately. Um, and I think, think a lot of people are feeling that way. So that's how I think it's going to change. I think a lot of people feel the need to share their adventures. Uh, I, I don't know if in 10 years people are going to feel the same way, if they um, continue to do that or or, or don't. Uh, I don't even know what social media is going to be around in 10 years. So I really don't know how the adventure industry is going to change in the next decade i know that less land will be available to explore in. there'll be more people on the planet there'll be more development i'm sure maybe the government buys up more public land that would be awesome um strictly for the enjoyment of of you know getting out there and having some fun on the land that would be incredible so so that's a real possibility but i i'm really not sure all right her next question what pressures do you feel going into a new decade going into episode 600, and also being Telegraph's top 10 podcasts. Oh, yeah. So last week, if you don't know, we were voted one of the top 10 travel podcasts of 2020. Um, Not voted, but selected as one of the top 10 travel podcasts of 2020 in the Telegraph. Really check it. I'd love for you to check it out. It's really cool. Um, super happy and thankful to be on their list, uh, made really, really great way to start out the year to be on a, a list <laughs> of top 10. Um, so what pressure do you feel going into this new decade? Um, I have a lot of identity wrapped up in, uh, being quote, an adventurer. In fact, um, I don't think I've even shared this on the show, but if you don't know about a year ago, we had, we started a, uh, a sponsor and non-alcoholic brewery called athletic brewing. Um, they sponsored the show for about six months. They were the anchor sponsor and I kind of developed a relationship with the owner and, um, someone that worked there, two of the guys that worked there and just became friends. They really are big fans of the show and, uh, you know, over the summer they asked me to be a part of their team and I was incredibly thankful to uh, for the opportunity and I decided to join them. So I have been working with athletic brewing for the last four and a half months, and my title for them is Lead Adventure and basically I run the ambassador program. They have a large group of ambassadors, hundreds of ambassadors that, you know, are doing things all over the country. And so I help kind of manage that team, uh, as well as run a podcast for them called without compromise. I'm going to post about that soon on the adventure sports podcast page. Um, but, that's a lot of pressure, you know, being called the lead adventure. You obviously are called that for a reason and you want to continue. But, you know, with my body changing and if in a way feeling like it's breaking down with arthritis, uh, there's a lot of pressure to continue that trajectory. Um, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't feel that terribly because I kind of have perspective now and say, you know what? things happen. You know, if my body doesn't allow me to do this, I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to get all up in arms and, and, you know, live in the glory days, essentially. I'm going to find new things to be passionate about. I'm going to, you know, if I can't run up a mountain, maybe I can just hike up. it. If I can't hike up the mountain, maybe I can just look at it. If I can't look at it, maybe I can go smell it. I don't know, you know, smell the outdoors. (laughs) That was weird. Um, But anyway, I I, I just, I don't know. There's so much to be thankful for all the time that I don't want to feel a lot of pressure going into the decade. Oh, that's I I know what I do feel pressure about. So in your 20s, it just feels like one big party. The last 10 years have just been all about my story, Mason's story, which is, you know, I'll be honest, I, I kind of feel I've gorged myself on my story and my, quote, accomplishments, and I'm kind of over it, if you want me to be honest. So um, having a role like with Athletic Brewing and being able to focus on other people's goals and ha- help other people accomplish what they want to accomplish, uh, it feels extremely refreshing. And also, now that I'm a dad, I feel incredibly responsible I, I want to provide, I want to put things in place for my family that are a little more mundane, a little more quote normal, but also I feel that urge to have some security for their sake and have some stability for their sake. Whereas I do not mind sleeping in the bushes in a city park every night of my life as I travel across the country by bicycle, you know, ideally, I still feel that's incredibly normal. Like I still make, I still feel like a dirtbag half the time. You know, I'll, I'll travel for work and I'll just sleep in the car just because it feels better than being in a hotel or I'll, you know, not wear shoes in some public place just because it, I just want to, I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know. But, um, where am I even going with this? What pressures do you feel going into the new decade? Okay, that's what we were talking about. So yeah, so so even despite having that kind of dirtbag mentality, which still I, I I still love. Like we went to Florida for the holidays. I think I wore. I mean, I was in our front. I was in my mom's front line with a barbecue grill, burning a bunch of documents that she needed burned, like a bunch of like uh, just sensitive stuff. And I was like, you know what? I want to have a campfire anyway. I had a grill burning like four boxes worth of papers and I'm barefoot wearing a paint covered t-shirt and uh, people are just driving by looking at this dude that looks like a dadgum hillbilly out in his yard and I'm just having the time of my life. I loved every second of it Um, because if you don't know, we don't have a yard here in Denver. We we live in a condo, which I hate. I need some space. I need some space to be a little more wild, which which will happen soon. Um, big plans in 2020. And that's all going to be, I'll be talking about that soon. So despite having that mentality where I want to live like that and be kind of carefree and and just wild, I also feel this obligation and, and want to um, be secure for my family's sake. So I definitely feel that... Uh, That pressure, if you will. But it's a good kind of pressure. All right, Emily's next question. And actually, that's her last question. What late adventure do you think would excel slash struggle in this new decade? Holy cow. What late adventure? So who from the past? Dang, Emily. That's That's an interesting list of questions. That's a good question. I would say any adventurer from the past who, um, who who, maybe wanted to explore places that no one's ever been obviously would find it harder in today's world. Adventurers who just aren't used to the sheer number of people that are on the planet now, that would be very difficult. Or who aren't used to the pressures slash expectations of social media would have a hard time in today's adventure world because, you know,
1: there's
0: just so many people now I feel, and, I, and I've and i done this, I've had experiences like this where you're not doing adventure for the sake of adventure, but for the um, social media clout that it brings you or the not even not even social media that's not the right word i mean that's one way you can share it but but almost for the coolness factor of doing the experience um you know it's like i want to go hiking this i want to go climb this mountain not because i want to but because people will think it's cool or people will respect me for it and although some of that is a legitimate reason you know i I tell my wife a lot, you know, half the things I want to do is because it's, quote, interesting, not because I really want to. And I have to check myself on that. And, um, you know, I, I do feel pressure to be oh, – that goes back to the last question. I do feel pressure to be an, quote, interesting person because I host – well, two podcasts now, a um, show called Without Compromise that's through Athletic Brewing. Very similar to this show, but we interview kind of business leaders and entrepreneurs and athletes. Um anyway i do feel this pressure to be a interesting an interesting person so in that way i do i do right now find it hard to excel in this new decade because you know to get sponsorships or to get um gear donations or whatever you want to call it for your adventure it takes having a social media presence you know you can't say promise that i'm going to write a really good book because that's just too slow of a payoff slash too risky of a payoff. But if someone has a million followers, uh, people are much more willing to support that person. So if you're not savvy with social media, you're going to have to have adventures in a different way or, or have, find a way to pay for them. And if you want me to be honest, I think that's the better way to do it. You know, I've never had someone sponsor my trip. I've had people give me money, um, saying, you know, friends that supported me, or, you know, maybe I was doing the adventure for the cause and they're like, you know, here's a hundred bucks to go towards trip expenses. I've had stuff like that happen, but never someone outright you know, sponsor the entire experience. Oh, I, I did have, you know, equipment, give it to me, of, of course. Um, but that was never an expectation or really something I sought after. It just seemed to kind of happen when you put yourself out there for, for a good, for a good reason. And, uh, I don't know, most of my adventures have been paid for myself and I, uh, or they have all been paid for myself. Uh, and I'm proud of that and I'm happy to do it that way. And they have not been the most quote, Attention-grabbing adventures, but it's just the way I've I've done it, and it's the way I've enjoyed it. But uh, wow. So yeah, I I I don't I don't feel like I'm the very a very good guest for myself uh, interviewing myself. I, I, I feel like I tend to rant, and I'm a little choppy. I'm much more, much better and on task when interviewing other people who are doing much more interesting things than I'm doing. Um, but anyway. We're going to have a revisited episode come out this Thursday, and there's going to be an all-new episode released next Monday. And, you know, if you have any questions for me personally, you can interview me at mason at adventuresportspodcast.com. Uh, I really enjoy building this show. It has been an immense challenge over the last year and some change, but, boy, it has been just an incredibly rewarding experience. And I tell my wife and lots of people all the time, taking over this podcast was one of the best decisions I've ever made. It has opened so many doors. It has literally led to a job. It has been uh, not a physical adventure, but absolutely an adventure in every sense of the word. And it makes me so happy to provide a platform for all our guests to be able to share The amazing things that they do, sorry, that they do. Gosh, nothing else. Happy New Year. And uh, I look forward to sharing this show, continuing to produce this show. And I I love every one of you for listening. Just thank you so much for getting plugged in with this show and checking it out. And if this is not what you expected for a 600 episode, I really apologize. Uh, But let's keep this thing rolling. And in the meantime, of course, get out there and have some fun. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. Link is in the show notes.